relationship. God, you guys are real fucking consequences nerds. We, we, we are. are. Really but, we are. Are. but we've been in love with it for, for so many years. We're, we're, honestly, we're quite balanced people, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. but, but we do have families, been, and we'll no, be the judge of that. No, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the Consequences podcast with Paul McNulty and Sean McCreevy. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the podcast. Paul and I are absolutely thrilled today to be sitting in a rented apartment in Dublin with Kevin Godley. Kevin, welcome. Thank you. Excuse the crunching noise. I'm having chocolate biscuits. <laughs> They're good posh biscuits. Well done, Paul. Yeah, we've a, spl- a splendid job. Yeah. Mm. So we, we've got lots of things that we'd, we'd love to chat with you about today, Kevin, but it's become a bit of a tradition for Paul and me to start proceedings by talking about consequences, and I hope you're happy with that. We were, we were thinking, I mean, with the, the excitement of the, the re-release, 42 years on, unbelievably, but we're really fascinated to know how you feel about it now. Are you in a place where you're able to sit back, relax, and enjoy it? What, what parts of consequences do you, do you admire now? Um, I admire all of it, really. I, it's a funny thing. I think for a long, long time I was... I sort of drove myself away from it because it, it, we put so much effort and heart and soul into the thing, but we were on the wrong side of history. And uh, it failed commercially, which which shouldn't really have any impact on how creative or how good it was. But it really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> As it, I'm sure pissed off the record label. <laughs> And uh, everybody involved. Um, no, I, I'm, I've got very fond feelings towards it. The only bit I'm still unsure about is the uh, is the playlet with, with Peter Cook. Mm. Um, I think that may have been a misstep, uh, but you know, it's not really up, up to me to say. I remember it. It never. At the time, it felt interesting to do, but it was like the always in the back of my mind was why do we. Are we padding this? <laughs> um, I don't. I I can't listen to that because I don't. I don't find it particularly funny. It was a great experience to work with Peter. Yeah, we'd love to hear some stories about that. <laughs> <laughs> but but other than that, I'm not sure it actually worked very well. Let's see if it works. See, the original idea was to do one experimental album to discover what the gizmo could actually achieve musically yeah that's how this this thing started it actually looks like the dead sea scrolls lying on the table (laughs) 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 well Um, it's kind of like that for us it is yeah we've got a collective 80 years worth of questions probably since (laughs) since we first heard it I'd like to ask about, yeah, the genesis of the record, as as we know, and I think this is correct, it started as a demonstration record. Yeah. But is it true that the gizmo almost decided what the content and the the flavour of, of the record would be? The, the, the idea of the gizmo discovering certain sounds and pointing you in the direction of the elements, was that something in your mind in advance, or did the sounds produce... It, it was a bit of it was pull and push, you mm. know. As I said, it was it was the impetus was was to experiment with the device. Yeah. As you may or may not know, that the, the the actual gizmo itself 
had been in existence and mounted on Lowell's Strat mm. yeah. when we were doing sort of Hot Legs album. It was, it was there and okay. semi-functioning yeah. then. But for some reason, we didn't really get much of a chance to really find out what it could do. Sure. Mm. So, so the Hot Legs, sorry, the Hot Legs version of the gizmo, was that still your electric toothbrush or the, well, no, the rubber no, no, on the no, end no, of the, no, the no. drill? It, it, was, yeah. it was the thing that's, that's mounted on the guitar with, with yeah, the, the gizmo. And the kind of metal yeah. yeah. I mean, what you just described was, was the first, it was mm. like the ding moment, the sort of yeah. light bulb moment. Mm. Uh, was that your light bulb moment or Lowell's? Who, who was, came up with I the first the crazy idea line. in the first it was place? A I can't, it's difficult to remember. I think it was. It may have been mine. It may have been Lowell's. But it, 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 the important thing it was it was insane. It was it came of a frustration for liking the sound of, of strings, genuine strings. But mm. to to get an orchestra into a, a, a Stockport studio. Mm and get an arrangement done for a track, it was like, oh, Jesus Christ, why can't we just play an orchestra? Mm. I don't know, we, we were looking at the guitar and it's got strings and like, what's the big deal? Mm. Um, and we tried bowing it like uh, Jimmy Page does, but it just didn't have, it wasn't consistent. Mm. So we, had a, we, f we found a drill and put an India rubber on the end of the drill and attacked the guitar, and it sounded like shit, obviously, but <laughs> for like a fraction of a second. Yeah. There was just that, that moment of yeah. like loveliness. I wouldn't call it loveliness. <laughs> Potential. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, was, it really was a fraction of a second, so we, we kind of figured that there was something there. Hmm. And we hooked up with some uh, wonderful guys at the... Manchester, God, what were they called? John McConnell. John McConnell, that's yeah, right. the uni. Yep. yep, some lovely guys. And they helped us, but well, they actually built a, a prototype for right. us, and that's what we used. Mm. And it was really the prototype all the way through from that point. Yeah, the prototype was, was that the same instrument on like sheet music, original soundtrack, yeah. and then on, also on consequences? Yeah. yeah. Right, right. There were never any production models of the Gizmotron used on any of our recordings, it just didn't exist then. Yeah. It didn't become a reality until we were. We were doing this. Mm. I think after that, we, we spent some time in America yes. um, right. publicizing that. And I think we met some people in New York State who mm. wanted to manufacture it. So, mm. Can you remember what the first piece recorded for Consequences was? Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> do, do we think was, we know it was? It was the, probably the, the first thing on the about, album. Uh, talks about burial scene, actually. Okay. Because um, um, we'd, um, we'd love to talk to Paul Gambaccini, actually. Because uh, I think get he, to diary. Yeah, he was... did he follow you around all the time, Paul? Was he there a lot, <laughs> Paul? Paul Gambaccini? No, not no. I recall. No, it's, I don't even know. Because I mean, he's, he's got well, he's, he's, he's got his lovely sort of detailed diary, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. In, the, in the booklet, um, and I, I'm sure he says that burial scene was the first. The burial scene. Is that the one with the oh? Yeah, that's right. Okay, the, that yeah. was that was fascinating yeah. because that. How that did you get that sound out of the gizmo? Well, that's a good example of what you were saying about the sound leading. Right. That was that was a technique that was told to us by Phil Manzanera, okay. and he called it a butterfly echo. Mm. Yeah. It's just one of the one of the spooling reels on a on a quarter inch tape. If you just put a 
a lump on it mm. like a piece of chewing gum or something and then pass the tape through it 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 makes it vibrate in a strange way yeah. right so we then fed the gizmo through that effect and it sounded like a an it's opera like a singer. or something yeah it's wonderful very strange and so we, we just followed sort of followed mm. followed that sound and it took us to something that sounded very angelic and funereal if you like mm. um and then we added all the sound effects of being buried. Not very cheerful. That was an, ex- oh, that's that, an extraordinary... That freaked us out as kids. But of course, it's, <laughs> it's one of the big hooks of, uh, with consequences, I think. Because you want to play it to your mates. Hey, listen to this. This works like all being the buried alive. Yeah, I know. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And the use of silence. There's a lot of moments where there's just small moments where there's nothing mm. after a kind of maelstrom yeah. of sound. And that, that's, that's brilliantly... <laughs> Brilliantly deployed, I think. You see, we were already filmmakers when we were making That's, Definitely. You were aware that Lowell called it a movie for the blind. Yeah. Which, um, I think that was Lowell's phrase, which absolutely describes it. It does. It, and, and that's exactly what it was. It, we, was that a deliberate thing, Kevin? I think it's just... I think it's just... Um, fallout from who we were prior to being musicians. We were... We were art school kids, so yeah. we came from a very visual background. Yeah. And that had kind of got consumed by the music. But it was always there. We, we mm. don't, our music, even in 10cc, was very visual. Yeah, of course. But I think probably this, more than anything else, was... This was our Heaven's Gate, in many ways, which is a great film, but yes. failed <laughs> miserably at the yeah. time. But history's kind to those sort of projects, isn't it? They're, they're kind of reassessed. And I think consequences is, is well, in a long process of being reassessed. Well, it seems to also be the case for the band as well. It's, it's, it's interesting that that uh, Ten CC at the time, and for a good deal of time afterwards, were considered quite uncool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with the internet, what seems to have happened is the people who are really interested in music they can do archaeological digs into information and mm. find out lots more than they knew before and really get a lot out of it and understand the mood of the times and understand yeah. why you did this and why you did that. So that whole sort of rather superficial layer has disappeared mm. to a degree, which is good. That's why I and we find the 10cc story so fascinating because 10cc mm. is four years worth of very visible work, but the four of you before and after in all different combinations, in all different mediums, you know, did so much and work of absolutely the equal standard as, as, as the hits or the well-known songs of Tennessee. Thank you. It's, it's, a, um, it's the Manchester scene before the Manchester scene was known about almost. Yeah, well, it was Manchester before Manchester. Yeah, yes. exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that is being realised a bit more now. Yeah. Um, and the tangible uh, uh, realization of that, of course, is Strawberry Studios, because that led to you know the possibility of, of work outside yeah. the capital initially. Well, that was that was the incubator for, yeah. for for many things, not only us, as you say, for for lots of other interesting bands and artists that came after us. But it was had that not have existed, I don't think we would have been able to develop into whatever we, we developed developed into. Sure. It was having the time and the technology to try stuff. Yeah, definitely. Oh.
Talking about the sort of the, the visual aspects of consequences, yeah. Kevin, uh, I'd be so interested if you could share any any <laughs> memories you've got of that wonderful artwork. I mean, there are so many people that we talk to a lot now via Facebook, yeah. um, you know, via the podcast. Really, mm. um, quite a few people are, are really fascinated by the artwork. What can you tell us about some of these well, th these mad and wonderful things? Well, this one, uh, this is the wave, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think with Veronica uh, about to meet her, her end. I think her end. Her, yeah, I think we did this on um, a piece of glass. Okay. And was this, was this in Strawberry or, yeah. or back at the hotel was, or something? No, this was in Strawberry. All the artwork, apart from the photographic stuff, was done in Strawberry. Yeah. Um, there was a middle room which was like a storage room. It was done in there, uh, and it was it was a sheet of glass. Probably about the, sh the size of this round table, but square. Yeah. And I think this was done uh, with candle wax. We just dripped candle wax on onto the glass. Wow. Oh, so we're looking down vertically. Yeah. At, a, at right at yeah. the actual result. And, okay. Wow. Um, and we we probably painted areas of, of yeah. the. Yeah. Because there are sort of blue sections, aren't there? Yeah. Extraordinary. And this was probably a model that we sealed into the wax at some point. Yeah. Wow. What happened to that stuff? Sorry? What happened to that stuff? Any idea? Fuck knows. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got it in their attic. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas whereas this one, that's that's Another purely fireworks. a photo montage really. That's uh, that's just uh Did you paint the animals? No. No. We're looking at the fireworks yeah. now. And this Ken Malifant told us about this shoot of the tank on the autobahn or the motorway. I yeah. just presumed it was a stock photograph, but this was an actual photo no, shoot, wasn't it? No, uh, um, I forget the name. I, his name will come to me because it's probably in here, the yeah, photographer. Lou Long. Lou Long, that's right. No, this was set up um, because you could in those days. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, it was probably the only way of doing it. Yes, yeah. um, right. And it's, it's, it's been used as the Chemical Brothers. That's yeah, right. We were, we were thrilled to see that. Did they contact it. you before? Yes, they did. Oh, okay. did they? Okay. Oh, yeah. They didn't rip it off. They were okay. very careful to... Hmm. Okay. To, to, uh, I don't know if they asked anybody else. <laughs> right. But I was fine with it. I, it's, it's, such a, it's such a great image. Hmm. So how and is the cloud pro uh, projected? How does that work? I'm not... That's just... That's the original... Again, that, the, the original... The front cover, if you like, wherever it is... That was done again on a piece of glass, yeah. right. but with cotton wool. Mm. Okay. It's just cotton wool. And did um, you shine coloured lights on it to get the to get that, that the lovely I glow? I don't think so, but that's just a light bulb behind the eye. Ah, you know, okay. The Simple as that. Yeah. Um, and it was probably we may have done, or it was maybe just tinted a colour when it was printed. Um, but that, they were all fun to do. But and it was like we were we were. On fire yeah. at the time. And did so. they feed back into the music, you know, that artwork? Did you then think, okay, we're going to make this sound or try to make this sound? Subconsciously, yeah. Oh. I wouldn't say we're going to make something that sounds like wax. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we want but, to <laughs> you would have done, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know if that's possible. <laughs> yeah. Graham, maybe, was answer that question. <laughs> we want to very good, very good. About the, um, yeah. oh, yeah, very good. <laughs> about, the, about Blint's tune and 
What happens at the end? Who survives? Does Blint win? The birds. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, bird t- the birds tell you, uh, you know, referring back to the same sounds at the beginning of five o'clock in the morning, that humanity survived, right? Is that what you were... We've won. Well, I'm still here, so yeah, right. you know, I guess we did it how long ago? Are we reading, are we reading too much well, into this? It's funny because I, I, I pictured Blint and his chums surviving and walking away, but you, yeah. th- you think that they're, they're gone. I, I just you? picture like after a tornado, the house is gone and all that's left yeah. is the sort of remnants of a piano. They, they haven't survived, but the world has. You I need mean, to go out more. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I was maybe you need to, to, well, we spent too much time making a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you need to stay in more. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know is the, is the answer, but, oh, yeah. but the, we, there is no way you can come up with a finite ending no. for that because it's just leaving it open, I think, is, yeah. is the thing. Cause right. I still feel the same way. <laughs> I think we're uh, we're in deep shit. So uh, God knows what's going to happen. The, the the planet will probably survive, but I think probably our time is up. You think so? Close, to, close to it. Probably. Yeah, we're we're danger. We're teetering dangerously, aren't we? We are. We have been for a long time. So, yeah. but it feels closer than ever. And a lot of people are picking up on how prophetic consequences was in many ways with the climate change thing. I mean, I know that might sound a bit pompous, but No, no, that's it not is. pompous, it but we, we didn't realise it. We, 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 when was this, 1975, 76? 76, released in 77. The, the concept of climate change, if, and I'm sure there were scientists thinking along, along these lines, but they, they hadn't reached us in Stockport. No. Yeah. So it was purely fantasy. Yes, yeah. It was pure fantasy, and it is interesting that, that, yeah. that in many ways it's come to pass. But uh, I assure you, we weren't. Uh, it wasn't a mystical experience of any kind. It was just a, it was just a thought process that, sure. that led us to the thought that nature, uh, the most powerful thing. Can we talk a bit about Blint's tune? Because I I struggled with Blint's tune for years actually. What is Blint's tune? Is it side six. Side six. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I struggled for ages, but then it was it was really. I'm really glad we did our podcast episode just about Blint's tune where we kind of broke it into 17 um, reverse engineered sections uh, just for our insatisfaction. God, you guys are real fucking consequences nerds. We, we, we are. are. Really but, we are. are. but we've been in love with it for, for so many years. We're, we're Honestly, we're quite balanced people. Believe it or not, yeah. but, but we do have families. Been, no, and we'll be the judge of that. Yeah. <laughs> we've been in love with it, but anyway, it, Blint's tune didn't. Prior to that, didn't do it for me. It was like it, it didn't feel like a satisfying ending. But now we've kind of delved into it in a lot more detail. We, we've we've really grown to admire it and love it. How did how, how do you feel about about it as a as an ending? Well, to, to the to the project. I think it's fine. I, I I know what you mean. Structurally speaking, when you're doing the fire the finale of something, hmm. traditionally you should include all the themes that you've included before yeah why didn't you do that because because we were knackered right okay okay basically <laughs> but wouldn't it how long were we in there like 18, 18 months, months or something crazy but wouldn't time. it have been crazy easier time. just to sort of reuse bits you'd already absolutely done absolutely not so you'd be ploughed forward still recording new new stuff well I, th- I think it was partially partially the fact that we we were in fact very tired and yeah. it was mm-hmm. like you know, it's like the Pope, Pope saying to Michelangelo about the Sistine ceiling, is yeah. it finished yet? <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to finish it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, 
I think we were on our last legs, if any, right. uh, to do the last piece. And we did have some musical passages remaining that we hadn't included. Oh, yeah. okay. And so okay. it was simply a matter of attacking that bunch and making them live on, on, on the record. So you stitched it together kind of like side two of Abbey Road then? It was kind of finding oh, no. a, a sequence that would, that, that would work really. together? Not really. No, I mean, they weren't, they weren't recorded. Oh, they I see. Right. They weren't technically stitched together. It's just mm -hmm. that we had some, some, some pieces that were left over, but they hadn't been recorded yet. Okay. There was this thing, there was that part. Mm. So it was, it was just a matter of going for it, really, So, uh, which is pretty much what we did. <laughs> There's a couple of beautiful melodies oh, yeah. on there. The, the, the oh. penultimate movement, uh, which is, you know, Lowell playing the piano and some beautiful gizmo arrangement. We That's love that section, melody. yeah. The, I mean, the, I suppose you asked me earlier, but the music, the pure instrumental music on the record is is something that I have a huge amount of admiration for. Mm. I think there's some really interesting things on that. Yeah. I think we sort of went a bit over the top here and there, occasionally got lost in things as one does. <laughs> um, We're grateful that you did that. Yeah, I, I, oh, think, that, okay. I, think, the play, I think the play that works. I mean, I can't think of any other work, a piece of art where it seems to have been organically made with you and Peter Cook sort of inching forward, responding to each other's work. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's uh, gratuitous or tacked on. It really feels like an organic... Oh, it does, especially it as does. the playlist kind of develops. It's, I think it's a bit stiff initially, and it kind of feels awkward. The, the timing's a bit false. But when yeah. you get into the later sides, it feels like it's cooking. Yeah. Like It's more natural, there's more fun, um, there's more of a... More, it, the dialogue's more of an organic part of the record. I wonder if that's something to do with, with Peter getting used to being in a, a music environment yeah. and, and us developing a relationship together. Sure. And bouncing backwards and forwards. Yeah. Did he inspire you and you inspire him? Is that the way it worked? Yeah, it was, it was a strange thing. We, 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 there was like two or three optimal hours in the day mm. where we sort of creatively combined really well because yeah. uh, Peter would get up and shit and shower really early and be in the studio by about nine o'clock in the morning. With all his newspapers. and uh, Yeah and just you know get himself ready and we, we kind of roll in about lunchtime mm. and roll a spliff and then sort of you know mm. and do what we did but the, but there was a point where we mashed really well and then we, we kind of go our different ways towards the end of the day mm. and then we'd hook up later in the evening and listen Right. And there were bits that were really good and bits that didn't work and we we kind of analysed them mm. and so on and so forth. But it was, you know, as like everything else on the record, it was pretty it just kinda of came about, it was in it was instinctive. Mm. It wasn't it was organic, mm. essentially. And I think that's true of everything about the project. There was nothing ever, as far as I can recall, other than lyrics that that were that were written down saying that this has to follow that or mm. this has to follow that and so on and so forth. So it there wasn't the kind of a, a, the big picture? You didn't have the big picture at the start? No, not not really, because mm. initially it was a small picture mm -hmm. yeah. that, that kind of grew yeah. right. exponentially. And 
Yeah, having we, Peter there was. We've heard was, that. Uh, sorry, to interrupt. We heard that ha having Peter sing Rosie was a nightmare to record because <laughs> he had no sense of kind of musical timing or the, 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 the dialogue parts. No, <laughs> I think you're probably right about that. I, uh, but he he sort of got it in tune. Mm. Yeah. So he got Rosie. And I do the next line, and, and the next line, I think we actually ended up kind of dropping it into the master in what we felt would be a good introduction. Sure. Right. Rosie, I wish that you were here. Was it... Um, I, I remember being so thrilled when I sussed out that the that his four characters oh, each yeah. represented one of the elements, you know, earth, air, fire and water. Right. Do you know whose crazy idea that was? Was was that all Peter's doing? Uh, yes, I think so. I think he was. It was one. Of, it was a good example of, of his reaction to what we were doing. Right. right. But I think that's one of that's one of the reasons why I think Paul and I and, and thousands of people love the playlet actually, because right. every time you listen to the record, there's, there's another level of little hidden treasure. Yeah. And you think, oh shit, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, of Lulu's air, because she says, my air is such a mess. And when you find those little clues, yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I overthink so much, yeah, but yeah. Th there's a thrill kind of finding those little clues. Mm. Um, so I can see why people would think that the playlet's like a bit marmite it's a bit irritating. Why is it there? It's too long. But actually, it's one of the reasons why consequences you can re listen and re-listen and re-listen to it because there's a discovery every, every time you listen to it. Well, whether you, whether you like it or not, I think it's, it's, it's one of the elements that makes it unique. Yeah. And <clears throat> it, it was a pretty ballsy thing to attempt, hmm. seeing as we'd never even met Peter Cook before, let yeah. alone tried to include a play in an album. So, yeah. you know, but, you mm. know, we were young and reckless. <laughs> <laughs> Who got him involved? Do you know whose idea it was? I, th I, I may be wrong. I, I don't know if you you mentioned you asked Pete. Um, yeah, we Ken asked Ken, didn't we? We asked Ken and Harvey, and yeah, neither, no, no neither of them knew. Maybe he just appeared by magic. You know. Well, there was. I think there was a point. This is the way I remember it. There was a point in the recording of the album where where there was always a sense. Well, where's this going, chaps? Hmm. What is what is this thing? How do we make? How do we add a commercial element hmm. to it? We didn't have an answer. So somebody, maybe the label, maybe Ken, I'm not sure, came up with the idea of adding a name yeah. to the roster of people that were making the record. Uh, and Peter Cook was somebody that probably they felt was, was more adult, more experienced, mm -hmm. and more organized <laughs> than we were. <laughs> and how there's wrong, a wrong on all three counts. How wrong on all three he was he was uh, he was worse than we were in many ways, right. but but so incredibly talented and intuitive that he just jumped in with us. Yeah. Apparently, I heard recently that the, he was offered another project yeah. at the same time, which was the Sex Pistols movie. Yeah, the yeah. Rock and Roll Swindle. That's right, and he yeah. turned yeah. that down. That's I a hell of a compliment, true, isn't yeah. it? Uh, well, I don't know if it's a compliment or not. It's like ah, ah, hmm. I go with this one. Um, so, you know, I, I can't give you a definitive answer. Mm. All I know is it gave us a lot of fun for a, for a few months at the manor, mm. and it was thoroughly enjoyable, mm. I have to say. 
but uh, Ken and um, Ken and Harvey said it was uh, just fantastic. A zoo, but absolutely fantastic. Oh God! Yeah. Can you tell us about the launch in Amsterdam? Oh God, was that it, was terrifying. That it was utterly t- well, we had a great time. Right. Uh, the the label and probably us inevitably ended up paying for this huge bash. Yeah. At this tower. Um, and we had party and you know all our, flew all our friends in and all that nonsense mm-hmm. um, and me Lol and Peter was sat at the back way up on a balcony right. sort of biting our fingernails but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> deliberately hiding away yeah. yeah, it was like, you know, it's like, like that scene in the original film of the producers where they're all sat at the back. <laughs> um, by, the way, by the way, as, a, as an aside, we'll have to test you on this. Um, <laughs> Harvey said that you were a fantastic mimic of the producers. He said at the back of the, back of the limo, you'd, you'd all um, throw quotes at oh, each well, other we, from we the We probably film. knew at the time, we probably knew the entire dialogue off by heart. Yeah, okay. So anyway, I digress. What? I digress. You do, yeah, but yeah. never mind. Yeah. <laughs> it was a worthwhile digression. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you're, you're saying you're, you're up on that balcony, sort of bite, biting your fingernails off. Yeah, and and you can feel the room sort of drop. Because mm. it's funny, when you listen to what you do with other people there, it makes a hell of a difference. It heightens things and you can really feel things through other people's ears. And mm. this was the first time that we'd done it, it had been a very private and, mm. and, and small recording process throughout. The only people we'd ever played it to was, were, you know, the label or Ken or, or mm. Paul or whoever had come in. Mm. But to suddenly be sat with a few hundred people, mm. expectant people, mm. who again had been flown out with the, with the, with the gizmo on a fucking... Oh. On a cushion, wasn't it? Cushion. Something in a, in a case. Well, you oh, know. my I'd God. I'd love to have seen that. I really would. I know. But, I mean, we were, we were a little kind of pissed off because we'd heard well before this that the, the record was going to be sold for an exorbitant amount of money. And we were like, mm. no. Yeah. No. And they'd gone that kind of grand, glamorous... Classical route. Classical route. Yeah, yeah. 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 And... Had they not have done that and built the thing up mm. in such a manner, I'm, I, I'm not sure that the, re, that the response would have been the same. Mm. It was like it was so pretentious. And, you know, as it's been said many times, people were falling asleep and going you know. so we <laughs> yeah, were. To be compounded by a sleeping earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that didn't really help. the sound of you snoring, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we were. It was terrifying, it was mm. utterly terrifying. In my alternate universe, you and Lol have made a kind of best of consequences half-hour movie. Do you think that would have worked better, to do a highlights thing? I don't know. I don't know whether you get the full impact of it, because to, mm. dis- to say three albums within half an hour, that's quite a feat. Mm. Um, it's a it's sort of a catch-22, really, isn't it? You've got to give them the whole thing. And yet, it's got yeah. too much to take in. It could have been serialised. Uh, you know, you, you, one could have done it that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but but it, I, I, I can't really be too mm. objective about it. Mm. It was what it was. And it, to me, it is a magnificent folly. Mm. 
Um, I think it's just magnificent. There's no doubt about oh, okay. it. And, and it's, it's time will, will come. But it, I mean, from honestly, Kevin, from the point of view of, of, of recording, the quality of the sound, the innovation... Oh yeah, in, in in what you were doing. Yeah, don't forget songwriting. It's a great yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm coming on to that. And okay. We're, Paul and I are, are really fascinated by your songwriting processes. We we love to kind of dig deep into that. We think, I mean, just from a technical point of view, I think Consequences is is a masterpiece. And yeah. But it, for us, it's an awful lot of fun as well. Um, there are you can you can approach it from so many different angles. I think. I Tell think. us about yeah. Go on, sorry. No, sorry. Uh, I think what I was going to say was that I, th I think you're absolutely <coughs> right. I think the, the the quality of sound, the mixing, the 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 fidelity of the thing is is mm. is extraordinary. But I think a lot of the enjoyment of, of making the record was that we were on a voyage of discovery permanently mm. from A to Z. So if we had a sound in our head that we wanted to to hear. We couldn't go to a synthesizer and dial up a sample and play it. Mm. We had yeah. to figure out a way of creating yeah. it. Yeah. So it was very primitive. So, and, but that was half the pleasure. Mm. How do you make the sound of the wind? Oh, we haven't got one of those. Or, or we haven't got one of those. How we do it? So, you know, we passed it through a vacuum cleaner, That's as, as you well know. Yeah. Hopefully a clean one, because we had one ending in our mouths. <laughs> um, How did you do the bees? Because I the think the bees. Bee, the bees sound amazing. What's the on bees? Stampede, um, there's a there's <laughs> a, a guys, there's a you, you're humming. I think you <laughs> and, this is, and there's a, fly, a, a oh. bee buzzing around you and you're swatting it. Uh, right. And then suddenly, the bee sound. Yes. Or the fly sound. Yeah. That's a track. It was a failed experiment. Okay. Because we okay in our more ridiculous three in the morning moments. Yeah. We thought, wow, man, <laughs> what would it be like if we recorded a, we recorded a song, which is like the Fly's song, mm. and then we sped it up like 20 times oh, to the length of a... Right. That's what it is. You mean the it's a hidden song or something? Sorry? It's a hidden song. Just it's a hidden song. Oh, but wow. of course, the technology... <laughs> but of course, the technology... And even so, today, I don't think it would work. The idea was if anyone ever knew about it, mm. they could go through and reverse engineer it. And Some geek like me is saying, yeah, 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 slow yeah. it down, which we did to <laughs> test it. I mean, yeah. this was to take like a day, whole day, yeah. and we slowed it back down again, and it sounded like... <laughs> <laughs> It sounded like a rhinoceros fart. It, it, yeah. it, the, it, the fidelity had completely gone, but that right. was the intent. Wow. But in its defence, it does sound like a fly, which was the original. It, it does. A, yeah. sw a whole swarm of them. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible that. I almost dread asking this, this Thanks, question, Kevin. Kevin, but we, we have been trying to work out what the wind says. What's that part where it goes, some say da-da-da-da, I say don't be so sure. Do you know that? Just after the... Perhaps we can bring it up on our phones. Yeah, Paul, just, uh, just after yeah. the... We've struggled to hear what... Uh, it sounds like lol singing. we can't, can we? Because it's not on Spotify. Uh, <laughs> are we surprised? Yeah. <laughs> it's on YouTube. We'll have to go to YouTube. Yeah. Careful, you're going to give me post-traumatic <laughs> syndrome. <laughs> 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 
We think the last bits don't be so sure, but yeah. could be. It's very difficult to it, make it's out. It's really yeah. hard to hear the words. Yeah, yeah, it is. Maybe we didn't want you to. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll give you that one. I think right. we've gone down that alleyways as far as right, we know. Right, no, it's there you go, mate. Cheers, thank you. Yeah. That's lost in the mist of time. That's fine. Yeah. It's better that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, oh, there go the fireworks. That's. Uh, Paul's got a, a, a weird one uh, for you, Kevin. Yeah. We brought along a tape measure. Don't don't get worried oh, yeah. about that. Yeah, tape uh, measure. Yeah, no, Paul. Why don't you why don't you you have this one? Okay. It's, it's it's one of your, right. your, your pet if, uh, pet projects. If you'll um, indulge us, the word is kerning, and <laughs> yes, which <laughs> describes. I've only just learned that describes you know spaces between letters on fonts. Yeah. I've, I've heard you describe consequences as consequences. Yeah. Was this deliberate? Because what? The, 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 the kerning shows quite clearly that the first few letters are further apart. Was it a preemptive strike against the, the charge of... No, because I only said it, like, about 20 years ago. Right, OK. But you see what I mean? It, yeah, I know. It's, it's, badly, it's badly constructed. The, no, it's... We didn't actually design the cover, right? So it's just bad typesetting. That's okay. all it is. That's all it is. Well, again, they're reading too much. Well, into actually, it's cons. Yes, equences. Yes. Equences. Yes. seems to be. How did that get past your quality control? Because it's such a you know. Because the, the... we were fucked. We okay. Didn't give a shit <laughs> okay. at this point. This was the point where you know they're going to release a fifteen <laughs> album set, three hundred quid, with a lavish booklet. With a lavish right, okay. booklet. That, that answer makes perfect and it, sense. And it, it's, it's, there was similar kind of quality control on the new CD box that's come out, which we we love. It. I mean, it's a beautiful set, but the the songwriting credits are, are hilarious because you've got Peter Cook writing all the music. <laughs> yeah, you were. Yeah, <laughs> he gets no credit for writing the dialogue. Uh, it's yeah, it's outrageously poor. Um, someone's been copying and pasting Peter Cook's name. Yeah, I know it's really stupid. Yeah, sorry really, to bring really that to stupid. Your attention, but it's. Uh... Um, I I just got sent a bunch of them. Right. Yeah. And uh, I've been sort of giving them out to people. I never went through it because right. probably the type is probably. We had to we had to scan it and blow it up. Peter yeah, Cook so that's wrote all the songs. He did. He did. No, no, not all of them. Not all of them. He's, he's, like, he's, he's co-writer. He's on, credited on, on wind. He's a sole writer for wind example, for example, which can't be because it's, it's really an instrumental. Yeah, yeah, it's not a song. Yeah, it's silly. Silly. Yeah. So it's obviously somebody somewhere in the corporations that be. You couldn't give a shit. Yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so, we're bringing you more bad news in. That's no, all right. Can we insert a couple of questions that kind of, um, they don't exactly keep us awake at night, Kevin, but uh, they, they fascinate <laughs> I'm glad us. to hear it. Um, Sleeping Earth. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. It, it feels like a, a Kevin Godley solo work. Is that all you? Um, you've got the you've got the lovely percussion. You've got bells and and sort of xylophone type things, and a very simple kind of guitar piece, a repeated riff. And I just wondered if that was that was you um, fooling around this, in the studio on your own. What what was the tune? Yeah, and obviously you've got Lowell playing the gizmo near right. the end, but you've got these lovely. You've got these lovely sort of almost random percussion bits. Right. You've got animal noises. It's the one with the snoring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, 
I don't know. I think I think I think we got the big riff first, but we felt okay. it probably needed something a bit more organic to sit on. So yeah, I mean, it's probably me banging around and fooling around on a few bits and pieces to yeah. to give it the bed. But yeah. uh, and we love the way it kind of goes up and down in volume as you snore. Yeah, that's a really clever that's right. little idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no, that's. Yeah. We were so enjoying pushing the envelope, if I hate that expression, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah of audio. There's yeah. so many fantastic little vignettes with the, the weatherman's voice, the, the kind of the wind's voice disappearing back into the weatherman on the TV. Yes. You know, it's a marvelous <laughs> moment. Just a few seconds, but you know. The and they're work. really visual, aren't they? Those, yeah, those this is a thing that you can, you can picture this wind tracking over the landscape and yeah. then finding this isolated house and banging through the door. Yeah. You really can picture it, you know. Well, that, then it's done its job. Yeah. Yeah, right. brilliant. Paul was really interested in the, the quote you've got on the on the back cover, uh, the, the Robert oh. Ingersoll thing. You were going to ask about that. Well, I was just going to ask, ask where the title came from and, and, and the quote by Robert Ingersoll. Uh, in nature, there are neither rewards nor punishments. There are only consequences. Who 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 developed that? Oh do you know. Oh gosh. I think we came up with the title, but I can't remember. There is a game called Consequences. Yes. Yeah, right. Right. I think it probably came from that. Okay. What the kind of random yeah. development? Yeah, and um, which is pretty much what the project was. Yeah. <laughs> One sure. thing leading to to another. Did Harvey? Say anything about when they came to hear side one of Consequences? Yeah, him and Rick, yeah. and and they said, "Oh, that's great!" And then they, <laughs> then they were in the you library. Know what they were really saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He was also talking about how he was desperate to have Honolulu Lulu as a single. That's what he, he told us. It wasn't us. long enough, was it? Well, no. He said you only had a, a little fragment, and he and he said that that's got to be the single. And, and then we went back, and he heard that, and it had kind of gone off in all directions, yeah. and, and it was no longer <laughs> a central single. single. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about the the actual process of, of songwriting for Consequences, Kevin, because uh, you've said in in lots of interviews that because you don't play a chordal instrument, I don't play an instrument. Well, you do. Well, you, uh, hang you, on. What about percussion and so on? <laughs> yeah, but it's and you, you have in your time picked up the odd guitar, haven't you? You, you what, pl what, play yeah. bass, don't you? On you played bass on L. Yeah, group life or that's something, it. wasn't it? That's yeah. right. Yeah. It kind of killed me, but it was interesting. Sure. Okay. So, if if we imagine a, a typical consequences composition session, choose, do you, choose do you, a song. Choose a song. Five uh, o'clock in the morning. Yeah, five o'clock in the morning. That time. Yeah. So how tell did, us about your you contribution it? to writing that. Um, no different to writing any other song with Lowell. Okay. He would either pick up a guitar or sit at a piano and play some chords. Yeah. And I would respond to the chords. Okay. Simple as that. Yeah. So um, you wrote would, the vocal melody essentially. Yeah, but not 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 consistently. It's okay. not like Law would just provide the chords and I'd go off and do the melody sure, and the lyrics. Sure. There was a lot of bounce, yeah. but 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 that's that those were the two components and, and right. always were. And that was a typical kind of it's typical. Yeah, typical. Yeah. Brilliant. Mm. And did you have like a would you come to the table sometimes with a, a notebook of ideas or concepts or I always I always had uh, a notebook full of jottings and uh, mm. The trick was to try and understand the jotting that you jotted two months ago. Yeah. Um, 
but it's quite interesting when you don't and mm. you come up with something else from it. Yeah. It's interesting that you guys obviously have thought about this a great deal, but one thing you should understand in, in our processes, mm. not only with with this record, but any any of the records we made, it's, it, it was much more, it's a much more extinct, instinctive process mm. as opposed to thought. Yes. Because you do what you do, and there must be a part of that which you know when something's right or when it's working and when you don't. You don't have to think about it. Mm. And it's so much more like that when you're writing music. You know instinctively whether this is going to work. Mm. So you just kind of plough on, and then That's you right. listen to what you've got, and you think, mm, that bit could be better, that could be better. You're absolutely right. Shifting through the gears, it's eight o'clock in the morning. It's been eight o'clock years. You said you had a, a little memory of, of consequences. The recording, was it? Yeah, I mean, you know, as you can imagine, we we recorded things not always in the studio. So there was, I think we were recording something, I forget which piece of music it was, but it, it had windscreen wipers going on it and cars going... Yes, yes. Yes. And we recorded that basically by being out on the road and one car driving past another, but the windscreen wipers we did in, in the car park at Strawberry. Uh. So I was sat outside in my car with the windscreen wipers going with the microphone outside and I'm sat there completely isolated from the studio imagining what they can hear, right? So, mm. And what happened was there's a bloke across the road 20 feet away who's pissed, <laughs> staggering about, and he sees me sat in the car. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck, <laughs> don't. And he comes staggering over and he taps on the window and he says, oh, yeah. oh you're the drummer for paper lace. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm imagining what that must sound like over the track that they're recording. <laughs> it's a pity you couldn't have found a way to squeeze oh, it on the finished product. <laughs> Outtakes, you know. Yeah, so brilliant. Just, Funny things like that you remember. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Because editing then was in fact razor blades and tape. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was no there was no digital. Everything was analogue, so Yeah, it's a scary business. There's yeah. some sort of footage of Genesis making an album with Hugh Padgham, I think. And he's actually okay, he's cutting the tape and they're all getting pretty nervous. Oh, <laughs> you're filming it and there was some, yeah. that's how we did part of there was a piece of consequences. Right. I can't remember what part it was where that's exactly how we structured it. Blint's tune, I think, the, 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 the final... Very total big You're hammering. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was done completely randomly. Yes. Uh, it was almost like a William Burroughs mm. approach to yeah. chopping 24-track tape. Yes. Not right. quarter-inch tape, but 24-track yeah. <laughs> tape. Yeah. Insane, on the floor, moving them around, just yeah. stick them back together yeah. and see what So happens. you and Lola are just playing tiny fragments, are you? In time? It was something we'd, it was something we'd recorded. Yeah. I don't quite remember what it was, but it was too neat and too structured it's and too... kind of percussion-based xylophones dun, 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 and, and there's big hits on the drums. Or big, big we may have added that. We may have added ah, that. We may have taken okay. the chords. Right. Right. 
juggled them, shuffled them, reassembled them, and yeah. once they were in position, added right. percussion things to... To kind of mask the emphasis. Yeah. 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 Right. Loud bass notes on the piano yeah. in, inside with the drums. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, quite, it's quite disturbing. What a great idea to just randomise it. Brilliant. Well, it wasn't a great idea until it worked, you know. It was just an <laughs> idea. But another thing that, that I remember very... The flood. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just backtracking again. The, the, the rhythm track of the flood was was a drip loop, mm. but there were elements in it that weren't loops. There was a drip roll yes. in the middle. Yeah. How do you think we did that? Speeding up the tape, slow, no. slowing down no. the tape. No, really, no. Well, yes, but no. I mean, okay. how did we add that? How did we make the roll happen? Surely Multiple you'd, have had, to, you'd have had to snip out, copy, copy drips onto a separate tape, play each string tongue. them together. No, we didn't put them together. It was how we did it. You're quite right in, in to say that we took the sound of a drip and we slowed it down. Yes. But each one of those drips were, were placed into the master manually on a quarter-inch tape lined up against the tape head. <laughs> and I had to hit the play button at exactly the right place to get the dip wow. and then dip 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 yeah okay and it took forever yeah i, I bet must be and you get that lovely it's the most labor intensive drum fill of all time it's brilliant but it was an insane process today you just feed feed a drip sample into a keyboard and play it but then that must that must have taken hours to to do that so we, it gives you an indication of how dedicated yeah. we, we were to get things. It's a proper craft, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, and Martin Lawrence, who we hadn't talked about at all. Um, Martin was, was, was extraordinary, extraordinary, yeah. extraordinary pair of ears. What a job he did with that, God rest his soul. Yeah, and was, um, he, was he quite a new, quite a young man at that he time? He was. Right. His father was a guy called Sid Lawrence, who yeah. had an, an orchestra in yeah. Manchester. Yeah. yeah. But he was, yeah... He kind of, and he, we, essentially we threw him into the deep end. How mm-hmm. do you fancy recording a triple album set? That'll go on for oh, years. Oh, all right then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I bet he loved it, didn't Yeah, he? Peter Tattersall yeah, told was... us quite candidly that he just didn't have the patience, you know, to, no, to work on that. Which, <laughs> hence, hence the reason he attracted so many practical jokes. <laughs> but um, now Martin was, was, was fantastic. So patient. Mm. So incredibly patient mm. and made an incredible job of it. Really you you play a lot, voice. even in the press pack and, and at the time in interviews, you, it, it's nice because you, you really credit him a lot. Yeah, that, that rightly kind of, so. Uh, yeah. He was the right man at the right time. You know? Right, yes. right. Yeah. Just, just reminded me of something, in, in contrast to your wonderful drum loop with the, <laughs> the, with the drips, there's a track on, on Consequences that is half hidden, but it's got a lot of fans, mine, yours, ours. You know that's right. beautiful. It, it, it's just—it's yeah. such an easy uh, <coughs> and gorgeous melody with those lovely yeah. harmonies. Yeah. If you don't know what half a hairpin is, how can our side be expected to believe that you're cognizant of what a whole hairpin comprises? For all we know, you may have a whole horde of half hairpins masquerading as whole hairpins concealed about the house. God, we wish you'd, you'd, you'd release that as a single. Is, the, is there a version Please tell without us there's the, a tape. Is there a tape tell without Peter Cook's dialogue on top somewhere? Oh, no, I don't think so. Because oh. I don't think it was written as a song. I think it was a transition 
Yes, it yes, was it's not right. long. Is it, it? Well, he's it's, talking about the hairpins. Isn't yeah, it? that's right. It's kind of the, you know they're arguing about all, all sorts Possession, of bollocks. Who yeah, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's, there's just this gorgeous piece in the background. No, there isn't. That's all. That that's all there was. Okay. I mean, that happened a lot. That we'd come up with something that was really nice. Yeah. But and it but it worked for what it was designed to do. It worked as a transition. It, it, there was never a sense that oh, we have to. Wow, that's really great. Let's extract it and turn it into something. Beca- because we were too much of a hurry, <laughs> yeah. we, we were doing it for a very specific purpose. Yeah. And we were thankful that those little things worked really well. And I've yeah. no doubt that it probably could have been made into a good song, mm. as could a number of other things. Um, but, you know, just... Sure. It begs the question whether the, the multi-track tapes are... Um, Usable, you know. Do you know where they are and if they're in a, are they in a good state? Do you think? It'd be lovely to hear it in a five point one surround mix. It would. I've no idea. Um, I imagine the record label might have them yeah. in, their, in their archives. Uh, are you aware of Stephen Wilson, the guy who's been busy remixing so many classic albums by XTC, um, Jethro Tull, and so on? Did he on. work with Graham at all? Not sure. He's a big, big fan of Consequences. It's, right. it's even on his website. I wonder if he's he's been asked yeah, already to to, to rework Consequences. I did contact him, but he didn't. He didn't get back. <laughs> didn't get back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I don't know that there would be a market for it. I mean, I'm surprised that the that the label thought there would be a market for the original, mm. which is quite astonishing after so long. But maybe as you say, things go around. So. Yeah. But it's a big consequences. Is it's a big cult, and, it, and it, uh, yeah, and it's never been out in the UK on on CD before. There was that one that yeah, came out of German, America or German oh, Germany. Yeah. That was years ago now. Although I, so it was I due a re- uh, re-release. Although definitely. I have to say, I was really <coughs> expecting this re-release to um, bring forth a lot of press, and it hasn't. No, so why, maybe why would, would it? Why would it? Uh, well, in my mind, perhaps naively, because it's a great record and, and it's it's time for it to be rediscovered. But maybe, you know, I mean, I'm in the minority, obviously. Well, I, I was I was kind of thankful that the, the, they had the foresight to re-release it, thinking that that would happen. And I'm mm. sure, like before, the cult people will... will, will will consume it readily. But yeah. Yeah. And we'll keep banging the drum for it, obviously. Sorry? We'll of keep banging the drum. <laughs> but it's, it's an acquired taste. It, it is. It's, it is. And it requires, it requires concentration and putting some time aside to, hmm. to, to, to enjoy it. Yeah, so yeah definitely. People don't, don't consume music in that way largely no, anymore, so it's probably even more difficult in a way to hmm. make it work. It's not going to work on TikTok, is it? <laughs> no. 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 So it's absolutely, and it's um, over the years I've kind of evangelised it. Yeah. From time to time, you know, say once every couple of years, I'll I'll spot a, a fellow music lover who seems to be into the same stuff as me. Yeah. And I'll, I'll slip them a copy of Consequences, hoping oh, that like they'll a drug deal. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And very few converts, and I'm always disappointed. And for they years never I call you back. No, no, that's right. You don't see those people anymore at all. I've kind of for years felt like I was on my own with it. And then, you know, Paul and I met about 30 years ago and somehow it came up in conversation that we loved this thing. Yeah. yeah. And apart from a couple of mates at school who, who fell in love with it at the same time as me, um, nothing really. I've been walking around in the consequences wilderness and suddenly 
Um, there's a you know website. Mr. Well, Blitz yeah, but Giles, Giles Booth he, yes. he created his website about twenty years ago, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, you're aware of the, the the website, yeah. Which was ironically that was one of the f it was very early because Giles worked in media, I think. So he was actually designing websites, I believe, as part of his job. So I think Consequences was pretty much the first <laughs> album to have its own website, and for such an obscure album to have its own site yeah. so that was really yeah. ahead of its time that's right amazing it's almost like a conspiracy theory <laughs> website, isn't it? yeah it, it's a good it's a good site and it's, it's been lovely to have our, our sort of modest but but considerable sort of flood of of fellow fans coming out of the woodwork with the it's podcast quite remarkable it's brilliant and there's an awful lot of love for it yeah, yeah. we did a a review recently about the re-release re and what we did we 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 got some of our ch our new chums to send in little sound bites right. with their thoughts, and it was wonderful, wasn't yeah, it? Just quite a few of them, from yeah. the states and and what Europe and so. What kind of things? Oh, an awful lot of love for it, saying that it's just groundbreaking. Uh, it's like a landmark it's in the court. Soul breaking at the time, <laughs> but it's not. It's, it is a landmark. So there's a lot of people saying very different things about it, with very different favourite tracks. Mm. Karen saying that she loves. Uh, when things go wrong, for example, mm. there's a, another guy, Philip, who's who's raving about about Blint's tune. So I th everyone comes at it from very different angles. We've all got our own personal yeah, kind yeah, of journey yeah, with, with yeah. it. Um, it's almost like it, I, I think of it now as a kind of it's like a video game. It's, some, it's a place you can go and get lost. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. In, uh, levels. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. There's a lot going on, and. Um, but I'm kind of thankful that that it that it's lasted in the way that it's lasted. It, it's it's perceived as as something a bit special and a bit a bit unique. Yeah. Just not another piece of sludge from the seventies. You know? Yeah. The commercial reaction to it or non-reaction that's faded off now. Well, it's forty years. Well, it's, well, it doesn't. It's forty years later. It doesn't really matter. No, it's, it's not irrelevant. It yeah, was just exactly. bad timing. You know, it was terrible was. timing. Yeah. stock footage of John Lydon singing Pretty Vacant, wherever there's a sort of documentary yeah, about exactly. a certain... Yeah, you know. But apparently John Lydon was a 10cc fan. Yeah, I can you, believe may, you that. mentioned this. He's got pretty yeah. wide taste in music. Definitely. Yeah. Although it kind of would have killed his career to admit it at the time, uh, Yeah, precisely. I know. <laughs> that would be an interesting yeah. uh, little interview, wouldn't it, Paul? I'd love to meet, I'd love to meet John Lydon. He's a character. I've met him once in a toilet in LA, I think. <laughs> yeah. Not by choice, <laughs> I hasten to add. Yeah. But no, he was, it's funny, a lot of people are portrayed in a very specific way, but they're not really like that at yeah, all. Yeah, sure. Mm. They're a lot more rounded. Sure, yeah. sure. Right, so I think uh, we, we need to pop out and get some grub, don't we? But yeah, some Kevin, if we can just say thank you so much for, your, for so much detail and your insights on consequences. Awesome. Um, we bring an awful lot of friends who love the album to, to the table today, and it's been... Such a thrill to, to share that I with you. So. I hope so. You've been listening to The Consequences Podcast, produced by Paul McNulty and Sean McCreevy. Thanks for listening.